0: Hey everybody, welcome back to LinuxCast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Tyler. Alright, so this is the LinuxCast, as I said. We talk about Linuxy things, or Unixy things, usually. We we talk about things. Stuff. Whatever. That's Um, pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah, We meander through the topics of life and liberty and uh, whatever. Stuff. We talk about stuff. Uh, if you have tuned into the podcast expecting us to know what the hell we're talking about, uh, you probably should go listen to Chris Titus or Gardner Bryan or something. Something I don't know. Those guys seem to have their shit together. Um, us, not so much. Just gonna put that out there. So, uh, Tyler, uh, just stop my rambling here. What have you done in Unix-related stuff this week?
1: Well, um, I had Art Center, um, help me out. And uh, I got uh, Caden Live themed properly using Kvantham because um, I'll, I'll talk more about Kvantham because I, I put it as the app of the week. So I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But um, I've tried theming Caden Live with. QT5CT, mm-hmm. that beautiful program that its name just rolls smoothly off the tongue. I mean, we all know how many times we've all been in casual conversation and been like, oh yeah, QT5CT, I, yeah, of course. Like, it, it just rolls right off the tongue. It, it, it did not want to theme Caden Live properly, but um, I now have a beautiful Dracula like color scheme applied to to Caden Live. And my eyes don't bleed when I use it, so that's awesome.
0: That is a good thing. So, but I, that's pretty much it. What you I, been doing? I have switched to. Well, I I also themed Kaden live a long time ago using Cavanthum, K- and it's the thing is, is Kvantum is one of those things where you think it's like really scary. You know, mm-hmm. to begin with, but once you you know realize what it actually is, it's not bad. Um, we can talk about that more because you did put it as a thingy. So, um, but before before we jump into my stuff, you switched to something other than DWM, right? Mhm. Yeah. What did you switch to? Uh,
1: the Column Window Manager. But it's not a tiling window manager, right? No. It, well, it, it it it's weird. It can tile, but it's not a tiling window manager. Um, it's not like it doesn't have the same tiling functionality that like something like DWM or like i3 has, but it you you can use it as a very basic tiler. Um, but it's primarily a floating window manager, and it's yeah, that's mostly what it is.
0: I popped into one of your streams and I was like, what are all these floating windows? Like, why are there floating windows? Oh my god, what are floating windows for? <laughs> like, Yelp. why? Like, that, that would just drive me bonkers i i don't like floating window managers
1: i totally understand and i would like for anybody who like wants a more like tiling window experience don't come check out my cwmrc okay i'm, I'm using this pretty much just as a floating window manager and i'm so far i'm liking it which is surprising because i've never really I prefer tilers but this one i'm like i'm okay i'm really really okay with it it's actually really good uh, yeah. I, I can't tell you exactly why i feel that way either there's no particular reason it's just opinion
0: i see so, like i went to plasma for that month to do that video a few months ago and like i could be okay there like it was fine i wasn't unhappy at least i didn't think i was unhappy until i went back to a tiling window manager like oh Oh, yeah, that's why this is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so I have some window manager stuff of my own to talk about. So first, last Sunday, I gave Herp's Luff WM a try, mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad. Like it, The the frame mechanism that they have in there, which is similar to what pre-selection is in BSPWM, was actually kind of cool, and they have a, a lot of different things that you can i think of all the window managers that i've ever tried Herbstluft is the one that is the most configurable and like it's because if you read the man page like their man page first of all is a mess like it's a it's just like twenty thousand lines of commands that you can do with this window manager awesome. it's nuts and i read half of it by the way <laughs> like i sat there on stream <laughs> and read like half of it it was great um but there's just like command after command. They even even have a command where you can start another window manager on top of Herpste WM. Like I didn't try it, so I don't actually know how it works, but like that's really cool. Um Yeah. So the other window manager thing news that I have for myself is that I have started using DWM again. I I'm notice the phrasing there that I said I'm using it. I don't know whether or not I'm switching to it or not. Like I was just bored like last night and uh, last night I was supposed to install Slackware because I'm wanting to start my long-term review because I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. But uh, I didn't feel like it. So I decided I was going to uh, redo my uh, suckless uh, .files because the Mm -hmm. previous uh, .files were broken because I patched something in that is broken. Terrible. Mm -hmm. Excuse me and uh so i did that instead so i've been using dwm now for you know a little bit less than a day and uh there's some stuff here that i really like so dwm does slack does um scratch pads way better than i3 does like i'm I'm sorry i3 but scratch pads on on dwm are just miles and way better um maybe the syntax is more complicated that could be argued but it's just better Um, i3 on the other hand does workspaces just so much better it's like it's not even close uh so yeah i i don't know that's the reason why i haven't said i'm going to switch because there's a good chance that i'm going to be uh going back to i3 i don't know i was just looking for something a little bit different and ended up on dwm again uh, the last thing i want to talk about and i know uh, i kind of hog this area each week with like five things hey i did all this stuff and tyler's like oh i just did this one thing Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the the last thing I want to talk about was um. So for the most part, when I search stuff, I used to just use Google. I mean, because Google. I mean, despite all the shit that Google does, it's a good search engine, right? Um. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to I you know, I I used DuckDuckGo for a little while, but DuckDuckGo is is not good, and uh, like. <laughs> half this times I just ended up doing a Gbang going to Google anyways uh, but yep. I was talked didn't t- I was ta- I was talked I was talked into uh, using a search instance that somebody hosts and I have thoughts on it like it's not bad because it does pull in from like Google and quant and dug go and stuff and brave and all this stuff like it, it c- combines them it just doesn't do a very good job of ranking the search results. Um, so sometimes you get some really weird results. Sometimes it's not bad. Um, I will say that it's slow. Is it, it, My biggest complaint about it is that it is slow. And I think that the problem is, is the, the instance that I'm using is probably just on a server that is, you know, under, you know, doesn't have a lot of resources or something. But um, no. so my next task is to host my own. Uh, it is available as a docker so i'm going to uh, i'm going to uh, see about doing that i don't know search is such a mess tyler it is just it's a, it's a mess like yes it is if you don't use google trying to find a good one is hard you know what i mean yeah. what astonishes me is that firefox mozilla does all this weird stuff and they don't have their own search engine. How does Mozilla not have their own search engine? Like, you'd think that they would, right? They do all this other nonsense. No, they're,
1: they're, they're too busy creating stupid-ass projects that no one's interested in. Okay? <sighs> that's the real answer. They're really, 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 really busy making shit that no one cares about. All right? Let's be honest. That's what's going on.
0: Yeah. That's probably probably true. Like, I don't know that it would be any good. Like, I don't... I,
1: I don't... Well, but, but see the like, here's the problem it, with, with Mozilla, DuckDuckGo, everything. It seems like pretty much every single competitor that you would move away from Google is now just like, we're cool with the same shit Google's cool with. Like we like, we, we kind of down for censorship. Like we're kind of down with that. That uh, sounds good, which is awesome. Just great. Yeah, Good decision there, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, like your only audience is a is a is a audience that cares about, you know, privacy and you know not being under the thumb of a major corporation. You decided to do this, yeah. No, okay. Good job. <laughs> it's like okay. It's it's like this. So this week it came out that Netflix has lost like a hundred thousand subscribers or something like that. Like a lot of freaking subscribers and they lost a lot of money this last quarter. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh I looked at they like, well, that's freaking obvious. They raised their price three dollars. Of course, people no. were gonna leave because they raised their price three dollars, and and despite it only being three dollars, when you can get like Disney Plus for like seven ninety nine, and you're not gonna pay sixteen ninety nine for Netflix for less good content because the shit on Netflix is just mostly yeah, utter garbage. Like there's some jewels yeah, it's in there. Yeah, sky
1: bombing but... hard.
0: The vast majority of the stuff is just not good. Uh, but instead of saying, "Hey, you want the reason why we went down 100,000 subscribers because we raised our prices?" No, of course it's because people share passwords. That's that's yeah. the reason. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: it's, it's so well. Stupid. I mean, they
1: have to they have to come up with some like weird excuse that's not a dumb decision by executives. Like they just. They have to come. Like, I mean, an executive can't get a sixty thousand dollar raise if, you know, it's his fault or their fault that the company's making less money. Well, I mean, I would. I mean, that would be true. But then you just have to look at Mozilla and no, that's no, that's not true. You can <laughs> you can be slaughtering a company and still write yourself a raise.
0: Well, when so. you, can, it's like Congress when you. <laughs> go into politics but when you when you control how much money you make
1: yeah you know you can do whatever, where, the, you, do whatever the fuck you right. want <laughs> like, exactly like why wouldn't you give yourself a raise like like
0: just, I, like like we all everyone in, in the united states goes against that like nobody in the united states is for congress controlling their own wages and giving themselves raises, but if we were in Congress, every single one of us would give our asses a raise. Like they're no better well, than we would yeah. be in that situation.
1: <laughs> well, and it's and, and it's the same thing with companies too. Like no one's down with, like no one likes it when a company is not improving and yet the executives all get raises. But I mean, if we're being honest, if you were running a company and you just had the like. No one could do anything about it or like even if people disapproved, it didn't matter like at all. Why wouldn't you write yourself a raise? Like it's it's hard. It's hard to be it's hard. It's hard to be the one good guy when every like if every other person on the board of directors or executive wise is going to write themselves a raise. You kind of don't want to alienate yourself by being the one dude who's like you know I don't think that's right guys i don't I don't think we should do that I'm gonna like, take a dollar a year yeah yeah like <laughs> and it's, it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna win you any brownie points with the rest of the people that you have to work with when you're the person who's like you know you what you guys are doing is pretty scummy like it, it, you're not gonna win In the long term, more likely you're just going to get fired and they'll bring in someone else who, you know, (laughs) who's
0: cool with the company work environment. We'll be very happy to give themselves a raise when they have your job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Uh, We we kind of meandered to that top section. But what else is new? So moving on to the contact info, info, uh, which I still haven't actually, you know, moved around in the doc in the docs. So that it can be something that I can flow into, you know, naturally instead of it's, it's wrong. But anyways, uh, you can uh follow us on Twitter at the LinuxCast. You can find all of our like past episodes and blog posts and stuff at the LinuxCast.org. You can support me on Patreon at Patreon.com/LinuxCast. You can follow Zany or Tyler, who goes by Zany online on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash he's also on you on odyssey i'm i am also on odyssey those links will be uh at youtube.com uh excuse me i did that wrong they're gonna be at the linuxcast.org slash contact uh i will say on odyssey for those of you who follow me on odyssey i was able to email them and get them to set up my account so that all of my stuff now is transferred over to odyssey including the stuff over 30 minutes so you'll now get the podcasts and all the live streams and stuff like that uh which wasn't happening before uh, every single feature that is like locked behind like a subscriber account on odyssey mm-hmm. i've had to email them in order to get them to enable for my account like it's supposed to be automatic but i always have to email them to do it it's really stupid
1: odyssey's is like i i i to be honest man like I know we're gonna branch off just for a second here, but I I just want to quickly say, Odyssey has like I I like I like the platform. I wish it I wish it the best, but the last time I went to the website, it wouldn't load. Um, I waited another two hours and went back to the website, still wouldn't load. So, I mean, I haven't had much luck with Odyssey lately. They so, have
0: that like you create a backend where you can see your analytics and stuff. That analytics page has not loaded for me in two months. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's broken, but it's definitely broken. Like, um, yeah, they need to fix the, I mean, the thing is, is like they had momentum and I, it feels like they're ruining it. Um, yeah, but whatever. I don't care. It's, it's, I know the reason why I bring it up is because I know that I have at least 10 people over there that watch stuff. And leave comments mm-hmm. all the time, including a couple patrons. So I uh, just shout out to you guys for being uh, good good over there, and I'll make sure you keep getting content. And I'll keep replying. I always go over there and, like once or twice a week or whatever and reply to comments and stuff, so people don't think over there I'm think I'm you know ignoring them. Uh, but uh, for the most part, YouTube is where it's at right now. Stuff will continue to be there. Like somebody told me that I should try out PeerTube, but like isn't PeerTube you have something you have to host yourself?
1: Yeah. I mean, te- people, people will tell, like, this is the dumbest argument that I hear for peer to when you could just, you could just, there are free, like you could, you could, you can get it for free. You can like, they, you can join an instance that's free. And it's like, dude it, it that holds enough for me to upload like 10 videos, like maybe 20. And then I'm out of space and I don't, I don't know about you, Matt, but if you want to do the math on how much it would cost you to buy a VPS to host all of your content, it gets astronomically high really quickly. If
0: you do one video a month, like, like it makes sense for Luke Smith, you know? (laughs) Luke Smith does one video a month, maybe, if Mm -hmm. that. Sometimes he goes months without even, you know, he's like in the woods somewhere with no internet, you know, it's perfectly Mm -hmm. fine for him, but if you do a video every single day, like questionable quality of content or not, you know, whatever. If you just do, yeah. well, if you do a video every single day and some of those videos are like an hour and a half long, <laughs> like, like it would yep. be absolutely like, even if you had like really good, like a, like a, a, I don't know, a, a discount, like a senior discount or something. I don't know from like, with like the note or DigitalOcean, like, it would cost thousands of dollars yep. and nobody would watch it. Like that, that's the thing mm-hmm. is like you'd be doing that for five people because yeah. most people like, I don't know, uh, you, you know who Chris Ware is? He's, he used to be on uh, yes. Trendy Talk, right? Uh, yep. All of his stuff now is on PeerTube.
1: Um, yep. I, I genuinely, I love Chris Ware. I have, this just goes to show how interested I am in PeerTube or how relevant PeerTube is. I can't remember the last time I went to PeerTube. At all. Like, I I cannot remember for the life of me the last time it was. I know it hasn't been in the last year or probably two years since I've been on PeerTube. Like, like it's not really relevant.
0: I went there when I discovered that Chris Ware was over there, and then I immediately forgot what the URL was. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like, like, I, like, he used to post content all the time on YouTube, right? But now all mm-hmm. of his stuff is over there, and... I mean, I, I'm sure there are some people that followed him, right, to get some of his stuff. But I bet you his audience isn't anywhere near it was on YouTube. Now, some of that is just because YouTube is huge, and that every, that's where everybody's as at, at, and it's not necessarily a good thing. But uh, you,
1: if well, you, that's w- the whole point of this is that you can find people that would be interested in your content. Or what you have to say. I I feel like that's kind of the point of YouTube, is to just you kind of have the exposure to meet and and find people that are interested in what you're interested in. And PeerTube serves that purpose so poorly, it's undescribable. Like no one can find you if you're on PeerTube. No one. Yeah. Well, maybe one giga Chad will find you. Most people don't
0: even know what PeerTube is. (laughs)
1: Like
0: Mm -hmm. even. The only way PeerTube works is if you have – and I say works in quotation marks – is if you have a gigantic following on YouTube to begin with, and then some people will then follow you over there. That's the reason why Odyssey is somewhat popular is because it started off with a whole bunch of fairly large creators who had a decent-sized following saying, hey, follow me on Odyssey, and that brought people over there, right? Mm-hmm. That's never happened with PeerTube for the most part because because mm-hmm. it's it's too disparate, right? Everyone has a different instance. There's no central repository of videos where you can you know you know see everything, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and even if there was, it's not I, the one time I visited there to see Chris Ware's stuff is that you know it was so slow, right? It was just really slow. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good experience. It's it's a very rare person who will make content on YouTube and just does it because they want to make content and they don't give a crap if anybody sees it.
1: Yeah. At, at least well, for... Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of putting effort into a video yeah. is hopefully some people will see this and they will either enjoy it or at the very least it will spark an interesting conversation. Well,
0: that's, I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who will make content just for a small group of people. Like there, yeah. There's a lot of people who have like four or 500 subscribers and they're perfectly happy for that. That was me before... You know, I started growing. Like I didn't. I was so happy with 50 subscribers; it was fantastic. It was perfectly fine, mm-hmm. very manageable. Uh, if anything, I'm less happy now that I have so many subscribers because there's a lot. Once you pass a certain point, there's a lot more freaking pressure on you to, to keep making videos, right? Um,
1: mm-hmm. So. And yeah. and it also you don't you don't get to be as per like you know personable with the people like in comments or in chat like you, yeah, you can. when you have like you know, 40 to 60 people in, in a, in a chat, like it's hard to respond or even see a lot of the messages. Like you were talking cause...
0: about in the discord. Sometimes you come to the discord and you have to score way up in order to see stuff. Right. Yep. That's, that's happened. I love the fact that we're getting close to 500 members of the discord link in the video description. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh it, it does, it does make it more of a, a larger community so that they tried to sw- solve that with threads in discord but nobody in my discord uses threads like they all hate the thread mechanism i don't know and i'm not sure mm-hmm. why all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> did go off a little bit there it, it like seriously we we welcome to the next cast folks this is this is what we do all right yep. anyway anyway so moving on so tyler every single week we scour the internet for the most latest and breaking news, and it's literally the only place you'll ever hear this news because it's exclusive right here. We exactly. Should, we, should, we should get a sound effect. If I had, like, a mixer board, I'd play, like, the, the CNN Breaking News uh, thing <laughs> here. Um, oh, did you – so we're doing tangents today. Did you see that uh, the, – so CNN Plus came out, like, a, a month ago. They already canceled the whole service a month later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait what is cnn plus it was is was like a pro a subs- membership it was
0: a subscription service for subscription streaming service and they lasted a whole month
1: that is i'm happy for that just because i uh-huh. i don't know the like freaks who are like yeah i want a pro membership for like my news channel like i've like one no. news channel, though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that like that—that's that's the whole thing. Like, it's not like it's a newspaper where you're getting different articles from different. It's just one, like one source. And like also, when it comes to a newspaper, you're not paying. Like, I'm gonna assume this. Well, we live in a day and age where subscriptions are not like seventy-five cents or, or like you know a really low amount. It's probably like four ninety-nine, nine ninety-nine for it. Like, okay. come on, bro. It's <laughs> Like.
0: We'll get to the news in a minute, but I want to talk about subscriptions for a minute. All right. So first of all, you mentioned you mentioned seventy-five cents for a subscription. I'm old enough where I remember you could subscribe to a magazine for like twenty dollars a year. Sometimes it was twenty dollars for like three years. <laughs> it was absolutely mm-hmm. nuts, and you got once a month, right? It was fantastic. I, in high school, I was really big on on like I was never good at like working on cars and stuff like that, but I loved like other people like reading about other people doing cool stuff for their cars. Like it was another the time Fast and the Furious came out, right? The original Fast and the Furious, right? Like everybody was interested yeah. in this stuff, right? So I, I subscribed to a magazine called Truckin' where they created the, the – it was about uh modded trucks, like people lowering the trucks and, and flames and lights and all this shit on right? And I subscribed for like t- five years for like $12. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. And, and, and then – so um, – Right after that, like, magazines went off by the wayside. But, I mean, they were still around. But then, like, four or five months ago, I found that the, there's still a Linux magazine. Like, it's like the Linux magazine, actually. They still actually publish a Linux magazine. I was like, you want know what? I'm a Linux guy. I like Linux. This Linux magazine looks interesting. I'm going to subscribe to it. They were like $200 for a year.
1: You're kidding.
0: No. I mean, it was like 100 and something dollars. But it was... It, it was a lot of freaking money for for it. Like, what? That's
1: insane. Like, no. I mean, it's That's... not like you're getting a magazine every day. Like, <laughs> damn. for that kind of money, you better get it every freaking hour. <laughs> I'm
0: just exactly. Like, <laughs> like, good like, lord. Like, I'm, obviously, prices have
1: gone up many times since the 90s. Like, we, we know this, but th- that. Yeah, but a progression from like about a like about a $20 expenditure for an entire year, all the way up to like 120 plus is like, what in the hell happened, man? Like, (laughs) come on. Like, man, I I was like, there's, okay, I don't care
0: how good the content is, right? I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay $120 a year. Even though you're getting something physical, right? In the Mm -hmm. mail, it's still not worth it. Like that, that kind of money. Like, but the thing is, is, like, if you think about it, I, I, I was going to say, like, if you think about it, people pay $10 a month for subscription stuff online all the time. So, technically, those prices are correlated. But the difference between, like, say, uh, LWN, I think that's what it is, like, the it's the subscriptions for, like, the Linux something network or whatever. Uh, and they charge a certain amount of money per month but the difference between a, subscribing to a website that gives you news and stuff like that, you know, a certain amount in a magazine is that 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 website is there every single day coming up with new content pretty much every single day and you can go there every single day and find new stuff. A magazine, you get it in the mail, you read it, you're done until the next month. <laughs> so it's not yep. it's not a it's not the the experience isn't the same, but well, and to... also
1: you're paying a premium for less information. Yeah. Like it's ob- objectively the deal's not there. Um, and also, before we keep keep talking, I do want to go ahead before and like respond to this uh, in chat. Um, someone someone said if all these big YouTubers started moving to Library and others, that it, this these would make these change their policies and become the new YouTube. Like, no, that that won't happen. J- it, just in case you're wondering wh- whether or not like that's actually possible maybe one day but no um lbry if anyone's used it right now it's hype like odyssey and lbry are pretty unreliable in how they function so no uh imagine going to youtube like if let's just say all the big youtubers are there and people try to go to youtube and youtube's down like can anyone here remember a day that youtube was just down
0: no but i'm sure exactly it's happened
1: Well, I'm sure it's happened, but like we're talking about for maybe a few hours or something, and you, and, you know, again, this would be a big ordeal. I have gone to Odyssey so many times, many times I can't even count. Yeah. And had it not load and not work, like not even it's just super slow, like it literally will not load the website. Like that's pretty frequent. So, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, the, it, they the, it breaks a lot. Uh, the the thing is that that's kind of it. It's kind of like Arch Linux. They innovate so much, but they break stuff. But also, they don't have the resources to deal with problems, right? Uh, yeah. But also, they break stuff a lot. I,
1: I mean, like yeah.
0: a lot. Um,
1: Actually, see, that's a perfect segue into my news article. Speaking yeah. of breaking stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you so, guys go ahead and move <laughs> on to the. <laughs> we yeah, can yeah. bitch <laughs> about subscriptions
0: for a while because I wanted to. <laughs> we could talk about how everybody's. Uh, subscri- <laughs> I can't even talk. Subscription service now, but move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tyler. All,
1: we all all too, know, all too well know that problem. Like, it's just
0: like we, we, we all begged and pleaded for the cable stuff, the cable bundles to go away uh, because they're too expensive. Mm-hmm. And now we pay more on average yep. with subscription services. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the mm-hmm. news. So, Tyler, what is your news item of the week?
1: Mine is that. Um, well, Canonical and Ubuntu have made a big kernel security update. So, uh, or it, well, it's, well, a kernel security update. Okay. It's and really nothing all too surprising. Like, guess what? There was a whole bunch of CVEs and that needed to be fixed. And so Ubuntu's done it. But you can go through here and see, because there's, there's, I mean, I don't think we need to dive through the CVEs, but they're like, a lot of them are pretty they definitely needed to be addressed like like really needed to be addressed and so that's happened cool um and yeah ubuntu is a little bit more secure and this was from yesterday so if by chance you're running ubuntu and uh you're i believe this is for the um so these security vulnerabilities are now patched in 21.10 and 20.04 and Ubuntu 18.04. So if you're running any of those and you haven't ran an update, you know, lately and you and you really care about making sure that you don't have like, you know, active exploits that are public on your system, go ahead and run an update. Yeah, and then you'll be good. I would That's pretty much this entire article.
0: I would also <laughs> assume that they've uh, updated this in the 22.04 which was released today.
1: Uh, so oh they, that's right that's right yes
0: yeah. uh, well i mean
1: i would hope so
0: <laughs> well i mean you'd think so right yeah um yeah. i will say that the 22.4 4 release is way better than the 21.10 release just it's just mild now they still they still have the uh, stupid versioning numbers where like half the stuff is like 40 some of it's 41 some of it's 42 thing going on but they're closer than they were before uh, good job on Canonical on Ooh, trying to catch up to Gnome. Um, because like, Gnome is a innovator that is moving so fast, they can't keep up, <laughs> and I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, they, they have made it finally so that you can, that, that there's built-in support for you to get rid of the Ubuntu panel and make it just a dock, which is cool. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why that impressed me so much, because you could always do that with an extension, but uh, the fact that it is... Uh, and they're by default No, I think it's awesome. Uh, I don't. It, it doesn't take a lot to impress me. Apparently, <laughs> 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 just let me make something pretty, and I will be perfectly happy with you. All right. So, uh, moving on to my uh, news of the week. So mine. So DuckDuckGo was definitely in the news a lot this last week. So the the news item that I chose. Was DuckDuckGo and Brave has an, both of them have announced separate plans to fight back against uh, Google's divisive AMP uh, mobile page framework thing. Uh, and the thing is, is that uh, th- this kind of stuff is good because uh, it, fighting Google, Google, at least some pushback against Google is always a good thing. Uh, but basically, what this is is that it's a, the the AMP stuff is designed to speed up mob- the web for mobile users the problem is it has like these huge privacy implications that this may basically make it so much easier for Google to get every single piece of data you've ever owned. Um, because they would literally then own, I mean, they already basically own the web, but this would like, take it, like push it over the edge. A Really far step forward. Yeah. Like, um, really far. So DuckDuckGo go and, uh, brave have both separately, but not together. Uh, come up with
1: which i think is good ah, that's a good point to stress brave is not working with duck duck go yeah um
0: although i mean maybe they should <laughs> maybe if they can buy it just I, a little bit you don't think so no
1: because no because we like look i i really like like i don't i'm not a big fan of the brave browser like i really don't see the point behind their gimmicky like crypto bs but at the same time they're working on a search engine that is actually usable like i use a brave search as my default search engine it's actually usable it gets good results and um they're not like as far as i can tell brave has none none of the scandalous like yeah we're kind of down with like like it's just it's weird that DuckDuckGo is a company that has been founded on the idea that google does bad shit and they're okay with censoring and we like duckduckgo is not something where they're fighting for really privacy it's yeah technically to to some extent that's a focus but it's privacy through freedom really like that's kind of the idea of duckduckgo like they're not going to be censoring shit you're you get a private but also open web like you get the true search results that's that was at least the idea behind duck and that's not real like it's it's hard to be really interested in them being like we are going to fight for privacy on the internet when you're when it, they're at the same time being being like well you know censorship's really not that bad like, yeah, like that censorship stuff that we were against turns out it's a good idea it, Yeah. Yeah. And and so like, I mean, if you think about it, if, if a, if a company that started out focused on privacy and the open web is okay with not focusing on the open web, is it really a stretch for for them to go, "Eh, maybe for money, we also don't give a shit about privacy. Like, I mean, if you're willing to lower your standards for some reason, like, yeah, the, the, like, here would be a great conversation to have how in the absolute flying shit does it affect duckduckgo at all with privacy or uh with piracy what what possible reason could duckduckgo have a good incentive to stop piracy results well, from coming through so they
0: they are apparently worried because this has happened to google that mm-hmm. the RIAA will come after them, because because the, the IRA, which is the the organization that sues people for pirating stuff, has mm-hmm. basically stopped going after individuals because they realized that well, I mean, getting twenty dollars from a dude because he downloaded a song doesn't make a lot of sense when they have to pay the lawyers, you know, millions of dollars. So they've gone after started going after the corporations that provide uh, access to it. So they can't really go after the Pirate Bay because. Who knows who the hell those people are, you know, so they go after Google and stuff. So that's, I think that's the reason why they did it. But on the other hand, I don't think that there was an active, like, I don't think they've been sued or anything. So they're doing this kind of like no. preemptively. Right. So
1: exactly. Um, and, and, and that's the thing you, they're doing the same shit that Google, the whole reason Google is, it, it like is against piracy and stuff is to cover their own ass Mm -hmm. and nothing's happened to Google. uh, Like no, no one goes after Google because of someone pirating a song. Like it's not Google's fault that that person found the torrent. Like I'm sure they serve the search results, but Google cannot like cannot be held liable for pretty much, basic shit like well i mean
0: like they can it, try
1: to hold them liable like it, it wouldn't you, you can try but if he even even that is going to be hard to hold up in court because that assumes that google has the infrastructure which granted they have a massive and very dominant infrastructure but they still don't have the infrastructure to check every single search result they could possibly serve perfectly it people can get around and, and mix in search results that, you know, necessarily Google doesn't want there or DuckDuckGo doesn't want there. Like, that's 100% possible. The idea that DuckDuckGo is going to be like, well, you know, we're against everything that Google does, but we're going to do the same shit Google does because we also want to protect ourselves like Google and it. like they want to be main the thing is that well, I don't want to be mainstream. They right. want to become a corporation and it makes no sense. Like duck, duck Go should not be a massive profit driven company. Well, just, I mean, I, I,
0: I agree with you, but from the laws of capitalism, hundred percent say otherwise. Like Their, their CEO wants to give himself a raise. Like we talked about earlier, you know, really? and the only way he can give himself a raise is if there's more users that bring in more money. Cause it's a, I, Pretty sure. it's
1: well, wait. So hold on. He, he, here would be a great question: is is DuckDuckGo a public company?
0: That's exactly what I was like. Saying. I don't think so. I think it's still private yeah. company, but it probably they probably have like investors and stuff still, right? They probably taken oh. on, you know.
1: I doubt it. I mean, like I'm sh- I'm sure they get funding, like they have investors, but <clears throat> I'm I would be pretty shocked to find out that they had shareholders and. Well, no, no, people, I, I like, don't think shareholders. To- I
0: think they've. Gone through like um like these venture capitalists probably like like basically a startup and, and the thing is that they they're aiming, when, when you take on venture capital capital from those type of people those guys aren't interested in your altruistic reasons for existing they are there to not well, only get their money back but
1: make more money well, well then let's have a real conversation why the absolute shit did DuckDuckGo get the venture capital like piss off because they want like, they wanted to start
0: marketing i'm sure you've probably seen DuckDuckGo go advertise on tv now that's where they got that money mm-hmm. but also I, to create cl- things like that's their my browser that they're doing
1: and you know um, if, if you're going to do the same shit to get like if you're if you're going to chase money and you have to do the same scummy things that the big corporations do to get that money and maintain that money then What's the point of you you like the entire existence of DuckDuckGo like the more we talk about it the more I question whether or not DuckDuckGo should even exist at this point if you're getting the venture capital if you're getting the capital and that requires you to do the same type of scummy stuff that you were against when you founded the project. You've lost your... You've sold your soul. Like, what's the point of you? You Like, DuckDuckGo seems like a husk of what it should be. At least, it seems like it. See, there's a part of me that, ag- that agrees
0: with you. Like, I'm 100% on that. I understand that. Um, but in the this day and age, stuff has to get bigger. Const- even if you're not a public company, you still want to grow. Um... And as we know, as proponents of open-source software and Linux and all that stuff, being the good guy doesn't necessarily make you a market leader. Uh, you know, it's never... Yeah. That's usually not the case. Usually the case of open-source software is that you're doing a good thing, you know, you create really good software, but relatively, nobody uses you, you know? Like, nobody you yeah. In the grand scheme of things, nobody uses a Linux desktop when compared to Windows and Mac OS. We know that that's exactly the truth. Uh, and it's the same thing with DuckDuckGo. You, they could be and continue to be an altruistic uh, company where their only goal is to uh, be anti-Google. They could continue to do that. But if they did that, we know from experience with other open source and privacy respecting things that nobody cares and no. in, 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 the, in the grand scheme of things nobody cares about how private your search results are that's the reason why everybody uses Google because it's good search they don't care that Google hoovers up every single piece of data you've ever you know had you know they don't care um, th- so in order for DuckDuckGo to grow they have to come up with some other reasons why they should exist, other than the altruistic stuff. All that being said, I don't see how censoring stuff on their search results plays into them being a bigger company. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, really. I, like I can understand creating a privacy-respecting browser, which is basically just going to be a, a fork of Chromium or whatever it is. Uh, I can understand them even taking on some venture capital to do marketing and stuff like that, as long as they're realistic about their growth. Uh, but I don't understand how this idea... The, I mean, we moved on from their whole fighting the AMP thing, but the half the people probably don't even know what we're talking about. So this week simultaneously because <laughs> we didn't actually talk about this but they decided they were going to pull all their piracy torrenting related links out of their search results now they've said they they've since said that they've not done this that uh it's that, that it was mistaken but you search for torrent stuff it's not there in the top results they maybe they just buried it whatever but that's still basically the same thing because nobody clicks on the second page like yeah. just
1: nobody ever that's does. That's a great place to hide stuff. Great place to hide stuff. Like, like
0: you don't want somebody to say something, to see something. Just put it on the second page. And guarantee nobody will see it. Like, <laughs> like so yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's basically what we've been talking about for the last ten minutes, uh, <laughs> without actually you know saying it. But the 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 point is, is that I, the removing the torrenting stuff and the the Russian propaganda, like that, those are the two things that they've centered privacy stuff or or piracy stuff and Russian propaganda, Russian news sites and stuff like that. I understand the the Russian news site. Like, Mental Outlaw did a video on this earlier this week, and he was talking about how, you know, once you kind of start with the censoring stuff, it becomes easier to censor more stuff. And I understand that argument, Mm -hmm. but I also understand that, you know, you really don't want to propagate Russian crap, right? Uh, So, I mean... I don't know which direction you want to go on that, but uh, I I still don't understand how the whole censoring stuff on their search results actually plays into them being into, you know, trying to become a bigger company and more popular. Okay.
1: Well, I think it's, I think it's just making sure that they say like they essentially save face with investors, which I mean, I, or or at least protect protect themselves in, in some way. Uh, from lawsuits which again i mean i understand a company like focuses on making money and that's the point of making a company but when your company's only product is based like is based off of goals that you have to completely like denigrate to actually keep the company afloat like it it doesn't really make sense like that would be like me making a uh, actually i can't even come up with a good analogy it's no, I, okay. I don't, don't have one. <laughs> like I, I, I don't get the idea of having your product. Like you, you have to essentially neuter your product to be able to make profit like that. If people aren't going to choose your, pro- like if you're doing the same stuff that Google's doing, you're and and the reason you're doing it is so that you can compete with Google. Well, you'll always be second class to Google. People will just do it. If you're doing like, if, if some other company comes up and does the same shit that Apple's doing, people are still going to buy iPhones. Like they're yeah. not going to buy this other company stuff. Like maybe a few will, but but the majority of people will stick with Apple. Like same yes. thing with DuckDuckGo. Like the reason DuckDuckGo had, uh, or, and all of these privacy respecting search engines are going to grow and have a market share at the very least is because, well, they're doing something different. It, if you stop doing the different thing to
0: compete... No. Uh, Alright, so it's not... I, mean, I, I understand what you're
1: saying about something different.
0: It's not about being different, okay? It's about being good, okay? We, we talked about this with, with, with Firefox. The reason why Firefox necessarily had... Eh, the reason why Firefox has gone downhill in the last few years isn't because they've been doing things differently. They continually do a lot of things differently. The reason why they suck is because they... Are continually making decisions that make their browsing experience worse, right? That's the mm-hmm. reason why you, people use Chrome is because Chrome. People don't use Chrome because it's by Google. They don't make it because it's you know customizable or privacy focused or any of this stuff. They use Chrome because it's good. You know, it does a really good job of doing what it's supposed to do. It doesn't have all the frilly features and stuff like that that's going to get in the way. It's just good. The number one thing you should do if you're trying to compete against Google or Microsoft or whatever is make your product good. Okay. Now go back to Dick.
1: Go. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's not even just that because Firefox is just copying what Google's doing in a lot of ways. uh, And if you're, if you're copying and trying to do the same thing that your competitor's doing and they're the bigger one, they're the more popular. I'm not. One, I'm not saying copying. that it's the end of the road. Like you
0: make a really good product and boom, you're a success. That's not the end of the the. It's not the nine step plan. It's you know, it's the number one thing on the list before you move on to creating an innovative new features is make a good product. And both Firefox and DuckDuckGo have skipped over that step. Like duh, like. Let's just move past the whole censoring thing. We we both agree that that's bad and not a good idea and whatever. But if you if DuckDuckGo wants to be popular and be able to compete with Google, not only do they have to do things that are differently, hopefully in a altruistic way, right? But they also have to be good. And at the moment, DuckDuckGo is garbage. Okay, it's not good.
1: Okay, you have gotten better, but it's Still not as good. Yeah, it, like like I said at the beginning. I just oh, want to oh. be fair to it. It's gotten it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. I just want to be fair.
0: It, ha- it has, but you have to be able to go to Google. Like every time I say DuckDuckGo is trash, there's like nine thousand people in the comments. Oh, I use DuckDuckGo. It's perfectly fine. Um, mm-hmm. bully for you. But I when I use DuckDuckGo, ninety percent of the time I have to. Redo the search with a with a bang in order to just use Google in the first place. Or, you know, mm-hmm. so it makes no sense to me use Google, Google, DuckDuckGo because I just end up using Google. So oh. that's for a lot of people DuckDuckGo is probably fine, but for I mean it, it, it just feels to me like you you go to DuckDuckGo and it's just not a very good uh experience because it doesn't give you the things that you're expecting it to give you. So uh. I think that's the I think that's the biggest problem with DuckDuckGo.
1: Well, I mean, I kind of disagree with that. Like, not not to a to a major degree, but I I definitely do disagree because even if DuckDuckGo got to be perfect, like it's just it it gives you the same level of results that Google will give you they're still not going to compete well, on a no, massive no, level no, not if, if they're they, willing to get rid of their privacy and that, that's uh, true a, anti-censorship
0: like i said it's not which, it's not the end of the road like you don't just become good and then be successful there would be more after that it's just it feels like they've skipped the steps like they've gone from trying to make something good to just trying to be google uh, but you, yeah. you can't you can't just arrive on the scene like yo I'm Google bitch. What are you gonna do about it?
1: <laughs> you know, that's just yeah. I mean, <laughs> th- th- yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. When when I was talking about Apple, like someone coming up and trying to compete with Apple, if you're doing the same stuff that Apple's doing, you're Apple's gonna win. Like they've they've already got the market share, and if if your whole thing is like we're different, but this but we do the same thing, like. And no one cares. Like <laughs> half the chat is like, matter. oh, DuckDuckGo is good.
0: <laughs> DuckDuckGo is great. <laughs> I, I knew you guys are out there. It's all right. It's it's perfectly fine that for you guys, DuckDuckGo seems to to work fine. For me, in my experience, which is all I can speak to, it's not great. Uh, I I go there. Granted, I search for some weird shit, so maybe, you know, it's just me because I search for weird shit. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think I search for real weird shit but I mean like, maybe I do maybe the stuff that I search for is just not great. Um anyways, we've spent <laughs> entirely too much time on the news. All right, so moving so on to the main t- like and the thing is like we have a very interesting main topic that people are probably here just to to like I titled the the stream desktop environment versus window manager and everybody's like when are they going to talk about it? When are they going to talk about it? Well guess what? We're going to talk about get it damn. To the
1: main it. topic.
0: We're going we're, we're going to get there. Um I'm uh, i <laughs> Google bitch. <laughs> if we if we changed our title to that would be that'd be exactly it. Um anyway, so moving on to the main topic. So this may, this main topic is when so if if this sounds familiar to you, it's because we have done this topic before, but it was not Tyler and I, it was Martin and I. We talked about this like two years ago, like on the podcast. So we're we're doing it again just because, you know, new hosts, fresh perspectives. But so the main topic is desktop environments or window managers.
1: Tyler, your thoughts? For me personally, it's window managers. But that being said, it it definitely just like this is one of those interesting conversations where it's it's only opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't be like a, the sweeping statement of You should choose a desktop environment and window managers suck or vice versa. Just doesn't work Uh, for some people like sure. Maybe like they use desktop environments. They're not interested in window managers, but they could easily find one that they like. But that's like, that's like me telling you that like, you know, you, yeah, sure. You love your car, but there's other cars out there that if you spent enough time and research, you'd find and enjoy more. It's like, well, I'm fine with my car. Like, why am I? It's the why, it's why the why Ford
0: versus Chevy argument. You know, some yeah, people are exactly. Ford guys. Some people are Chevy guys, you know.
1: Yeah, um, you'll just have your opinion.
0: And then there's that one random dude who's like, oh, I like Volvo,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I mean, the, uh, the, the only thing that I would say that's a valid stance on like whether or not like you should use a desktop environment or a window manager is kind of based off of whether or not you focus more on minimalism. If you, if you like having a very minimal system and not having stuff that you probably don't need, or, or at the very least, you're probably never going to need, then yeah, a window manager is going to be better just because well, obviously you, some some stuff in a desktop environment you're probably never going to use. Like that's just going to happen because uh, that's the whole point of a desktop environment is to make sure that you have, well, a working desktop environment completely. Like there's not one part that's just left out. Well, I say that, but I, we all know that there's some desktop environments out there that are lacking some some stuff that people could definitely use. But yeah. for the most part, that's the, purpose of a desktop environment T- to take care of everything for you
0: yeah tfl no. says I, I agree with tbag it's just a subjective thing ultimately there is no better solution only a better solution for a given person and then he goes on to say but tiling when managers are the best scientifically proven <laughs> 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 uh, i'm right there with you tfl right there with you all right uh, <laughs> so you are exactly right as as usual tyler that this is a a personal decision um but That being said, I think that the underlying question is flawed, because the vast majority of people who use Linux probably don't even know that window managers exist, is the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, when they download Ubuntu, or they download Fedora, or they download Linux Mint, or whatever, they just use whatever... They download it and they're good with it. They don't know that window managers, they don't know that they're, if they're using GNOME, they're using Mutter, or if they're using Plasma, they're using Kwin, or, you know, they they don't know. They don't, they don't care. Um, Unless, unless it breaks, in which case then they have to go do the research on it and then maybe they're exposed to it. But for the most part, people just use whatever it is. So I made a, a comment the other day in one of my videos where I Spoke generally that most people when they switch to Linux distro hop like crazy. They move from distro to distro to distro. Tyler, up until the point you decided to switch to OpenBSD, uh, you were like this. You move. I mean, you continued yep. to move from distro to distro to distro. Even when you found one that was working really well, like you-, you were on Gentoo and it was working really well for you, uh, you still mm-hmm. decided to hop. Um, some people are yep. just like that forever and ever. Most people go through a phase, you know, at the beginning. At least I thought that most people went through a phase, but I had comments on that video like I've never distro hopped. I was like and I lo- I looked at that comment for like 10 minutes. I was like, "Huh? You've never distro hopped mm-hmm. in your entire life and you use Linux?" Like, first of all, I'm not sure I believe you. Um because it feels like everyone is distro hopped. But if that's true, I Maybe that's more the normal thing. Like, you just... Especially if you download a, a Linux. Like, you... It's probably Ubuntu. Let's just be honest about it. It's probably Ubuntu. You've downloaded yeah. Ubuntu. You got it on your computer. And it works flawlessly. Uh, even if it has some things that piss you off. Like, they don't work the way you thought it would work. But it, w- it works. Like, you can play your games. You can get on the web. You can do whatever. Mm-hmm. The vast majority... This, this guy's probably right. The vast majority, if they're in that situation... Just stay in Ubuntu. Like they never explore anywhere else. And this mentality of of not exploring just boggles my mind because to me, Linux is all about exploration and finding new stuff. I mean, there are three thousand different distributions out there and
1: I want to try them all. <laughs> you know? Uh, and and I, I think you actually touched on a pretty good point there. You said for me. Yeah. Like that that's Definitely an important aspect because there definitely are those people who, I mean, when they, like, I guess for a lot, like for the mass, for the mass majority of people, if you're going to switch an OS, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it genuinely is. And If it is a big deal and the first thing you install works, of course I got to slap my microphone at least once. Um, But if you have something that works really well and you don't really need to change it, why change it? Especially if you're the type of person that's coming over from like windows and you know, like that's what you like is just shit just, you know, working like then that's kind of, I definitely see that. Well, I'm not saying that Windows just works. I mean, we've all we. I don't think there's anyone in this call who hasn't witnessed a blue screen on Windows. I mean, let's oh, hold just on. Be so while you're talking about that, did you know that Gnome
0: has a, a blue screen of death? Like it exists. Like if, if no, I
1: did not know that.
0: If, if Gnome fails, it's not blue. It's it's definitely different. It comes up with a screen says so something has went wrong. Your computer needs to restart. It exists. I've seen it. And it's not like it wasn't like it was like April Fool's. Like it actually really exists.
1: <laughs> I've never once seen that in my life. Yeah, I don't never think many once. people like, have. Like, but, personally, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, there was pictures of it on Reddit. Now it, it's 100% possible that this is just a, you know Reddit fooling with me. But it was like on a computer, so it was either a really good Photoshop, uh, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's real. Um, but it, like I'm pretty sure it was real because it looked it looked genuine. I'd love somebody to confirm whether or not I've been hoodwinked into that. But, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully not. uh, It'd be absolutely hilarious if it did exist. Like, if it was actually true. Like, we go on about Windows having a blue screen, then Linux actually has a blue screen.
1: (laughs) Usually. Well, but see, the ironic part is, like, even if Linux does have just a straight up blue screen, like, no one really knows about it. Like. OK, there's like maybe five people who have had like a blue screen of death equivalent with Linux. Like
0: I can understand having one because when when Linux crashes, when something goes wrong, you're you're presented with either two things. One, your screen just freezes and nothing happens like that's usually that's usually what happens. The other thing that will happen mm-hmm. is it drops you out of Xorg and brings you into like a TTY and you just see scrolling lines of text that says that look like a kernel panic, you know, <laughs> that's the other thing yeah. that, that could happen. Uh, but both of those things are utterly confusing. So I can understand having a screen. Right. Um, but
1: uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But it's just not as common. But anyway, like for someone who's a, a windows user coming, coming over, like if, if everything just works, as soon as you've installed your Linux distro, I mean, you're probably just going to use it. Why like and Why would you move away, right? Like if, a, a, well, exactly. Like you, And also, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people, like you're just not – for a lot of people, it's, like, cool to look at someone like, you know, DT, who's done a lot of fantastic videos on, on window managers. Um, I mean, your channel, you, you've done videos on quite a few um, – window managers i mean i would say my channel but i don't really do it that much but still like if you look at channels and you watch people who use tiling window managers that might be cool to look at but then go ah, it seems like too much of a hassle mm-hmm. like you know it for a lot of people i could definitely understand like just being like well i mean it works fine like why try and switch things up uh, if I have to relearn a whole bunch, like a, a good example would be not everybody want it, Like you, you tried switching to like, what, what was it? it? It wasn't Dvorak for your keyboard. Colmac. Well, Colmac. Okay. So there's a reason why people don't like it, regular. It's not very common that people go, you know what? I'm going to switch up my keyboard layout. Like, yeah, pretty uncommon. Yeah. Most it people doesn't are going to have that
0: much. Most people are like, there are other keyboard layouts.
1: I mean, well, exactly, exactly. Like most people don't even know that Qwerty. Is, it, like most people have no idea that Qwerty is not just the only standard, especially like if you're in the U.S. Because like let's be honest, there's a lot of Americans that like don't really pay attention to, like what's going on outside. <laughs> like, the <world>. What what <laughs> like, is a zerty? Like you know?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but like the thing is, is if you're if if you're honestly going to to take a a look at it honestly for a lot of people learning something new just for the sake of going about things differently, even, even if there's the argument that it could slightly improve your workflow or the time that it takes you to accomplish a task, Mm -hmm. the initial time sink, the initial time dump that's required to get there is too much. And that's probably why desktop environment, like if the question was desktop environment or window manor, manager, which is better for most people, I would say the answer is clearly desktop environment for most people. Yeah. Now that's not saying that window managers won't have a large majority of people that use them. Cause well, we're all in this talk now and there's quite a few of us that are using window managers, quite a few. So like I, my, my My point is not that desktop environments are the better one and for everybody. Our audience is full of nerds and
0: enthusiasts, right? Mm -hmm. These are not normal people that we hang out with. No offense to all y'all in the (laughs) chat. You're all a bunch of freaks. But you're also our friends, and we're just like you, okay? When it comes to Linux and desktop environments and window managers and uh, text editors, uh, you know, Vim versus Emacs, most people never touch t- a text editor in their terminal in their entire life, and they have no interest in doing so. And uh, if mm-hmm. they did, it would absolutely 100%, 1 million percent be nano. Like, absolutely it would be nano. Okay? I gu- like, I guarantee that if if, if Joe, Snow, Joe Schmo, normal person had a scenario where he had to edit a configuration file in the terminal, it would be nano because first of all, that person, if they did get into Vim, absolutely no clue how to get out of it. Okay. And Emacs isn't even a question because it's not installed. Like Vim's not, like every time I install Ubuntu, by the way, one of the number one complaints against for me against for, for ubuntu is they do not install vim by default. I, I and it blows my mind that they don't do this, right? Like how dare they not install vim on ubuntu by default? Like of course they have to install vim on uh, on like I, they don't install neovim, I can understand that, you know, but vim of course they're going to install yeah. vim. No, they don't. Very few distributions install vim by default, and the reason why is because nobody uses it. Only Neckbeards and the people, you know, in a uh, YouTuber Linux community use Vim, and programmers, you know, the, yeah. the people who know well, that I mean, it, it exists.
1: It, <laughs> it speaks to the amount of people that use Emacs and Vim that pretty much the only person I can rely on to always have a good debate over Vim or Emacs or like their relevance is, is Josh. (laughs) Like Josh is pretty much the only person I go to that will always be down for like, yeah, let's talk about Emacs or Vim or like it's many people like the idea that most people care or give two flying craps about what text editor they use most people just don't care. Like, they just well, no. Don't.
0: It's 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 even worse than that, Tyler. It's not that they don't care. They've never even thought about it. Like, it's it's, it's not oh. something that they've ever debated. Like, most people, even a graphical text editor, they don't look... Like, most people can tell you what Genie or G-Editor or Kate is. If they need to edit text, they open LibreOffice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a word yeah. processor. That's what they do.
1: Mm-hmm. um oh i i guarantee you there are i would i if if anybody is this person i would love you to like go and hit hit me up on discord or matt's discord just just, just hit me up somewhere send me an email something i would love to talk to the person who started off editing most of their config files in LibreOffice. i i want to to meet that person like i know they exist and i'm sure like i've never tried editing config files in LibreOffice. i would love to meet the person who did who, who did that and like your experience with it like because i'm sure that that's common like well, i mean when you think about you'd it for
0: half the thing about editing any of that kind of stuff in LibreOffice is you'd have to know what to save it as because if you
1: you couldn't oh i didn't even think about that
0: because you can't save it as an ODT or a doc docx file, because all that stuff yeah. has metadata. And like, if you ever opened up like an ODT file in the terminal, it just comes up with those little squares in the terminal. Like, it's it's not human readable. Um, yeah. But I'm assuming that there's a way you can say, I mean, you can just save it as a txt, but that would be a lot of programs are looking for dot com for dot yaml or something. Can you afford? Well, okay, I mean,
1: I. I feel like LibreOffice would let you save it as a plain text file. Well, you
0: could a uh, .txt, sure, but then you'd have to go somewhere else and rename it cuz like if oh, for, for example, if you if you opened up the Alacrity configuration file, which is a YAML file in LibreOffice, first of all, I'm not sure if that it'd actually open it up, uh, but let's just say it did. How would you then go about saving it because LibreOffice isn't going to let you save it as a YAML file, is it? I mean, I wouldn't think that they have the capability of saving it as a YAML file. And if it did save it as a YAML file, would it add extra spaces somewhere? Can then therefore break all of your lacquer configs can fix because there's an extra space in there randomly somewhere because whatever? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But the, 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 we got off the point is that, yes, uh, the vast majority of people desktop environments are the thing and that's because they're pre-configured right and that's exactly what we're talking about is, is people don't generally like putting effort into their computer because the the vast majority of normies don't see the computer as a hobby they don't see anything about the computer as a hobby like you and i do you know
1: it's just a tool to get work done. they get that's on there it.
0: they view their porn they jack off they go away <laughs> That's what they use their computer for. Alternatively, they get on there, they do their spreadsheet work, watch their porn, jack off, then go away. Those are the things that they do, right? They don't give a rat's ass what browser they're using as long as they can get to their porn. Uh, they don't care what mm-hmm. text editor they happen to have uninstalled in there because you can't view porn in a text editor. I mean, not like visual porn. Um, trust me, I've tried. Um <laughs> Um, you you know they they don't care, right? It's just this is not this is not a conversation for normal people. Normal people aren't going to look and say, "Well, which should I choose, a desktop environment or Window Manager?" Uh, no, that's not a conversation that they even have. They just use whatever it is that came with the distribution that they chose. Uh, probably Cinnamon or GNOME. Those are the things that they choose, right? So <laughs> I, I I really yeah. stirred up the yeah. chat with that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, the, on, the only question that they may ask at a certain point is, am I using the right desktop environment? So the, they might switch between Ooh. different desktop environments to choose those. But even that I feel like is actually pretty rare because like we said, most people, if they get to a point where their Linux machine is not working, like all the functions that they need are there and they're working fine, they don't care what it looks like. I was talking to a guy in the comments a few weeks ago who has never changed the wallpaper on Ubuntu. Like every time he he gets to a new Ubuntu, gets to a new wallpaper, just stays there. That's all he uses. Like he's never changed the wallpaper. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, he uses the same icons, yeah. same GTK theme, uh, doesn't change anything. Even the wallpaper. Like, I, okay, I can understand not caring about ricing and theming GTKs, but everyone changes the wallpaper, right? Like ever, like even if it's not the butt ugly fucking uh, YouTube wallpaper that they choose, like um by the way the the new Ubuntu wallpaper is actually the best one ever. But beside uh, the point. But the vast majority of them are god awful. Like the, the 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 hippo one, the her sweet hippo one, looks like a gigantic Yo. ballsack. You know, everyone saw it like they they all saw it i mean it, not only was it a gigantic ball sack, it was a hairy ballsack okay i'm just going to put this out there cuz it definitely did look like one of those and everyone saw it and if you didn't see it now you saw it because now you can't yeah, not just,
1: see it <laughs> just go look at the wallpaper now your 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 whole day's ruined cuz you won't be able to unsee it right <laughs> and then the, the the the
0: last one the 21.10 had this like raccoon looking thing with the gigantic beady eyes just staring at you like it's going to come e- yeah. eat your heart out you know but the point is is that this guy never changed the wallpaper and it just blew my mind like there's that there, there's this person out there who doesn't care like i never see the wallpaper yeah. i just open the browser up
1: well i mean to, to even further that point like there's there's a lot of people like it, it's it's pretty clear that a lot of people don't it's not necessarily that they don't want to but they're not interested in trying out other things for the sake of trying them out. Cause I mean, if you think about it, like somebody who's like, well, am I using the right desktop environment for that type of person? Who's new, they're probably not going to assume, Oh, okay. So I could get better features or um, different functionality. That's better from some other desktop, like display or um, excuse, not display. What am I talking about? Desktop environment. the, because, I mean, a good example would be, all right, how many people do you know use KDE? And how many people do you know could ar- could like really, really argue the point that they know everything about KDE? Like they use every feature of KDE. Nobody says that. Exactly. And so for a newcomer to to a certain desktop environment or just Linux in general, and they're given a desktop environment, it's more likely that they're going to assume that instead of switching over and using something else, trying out other things is is going to be better than most likely I am the problem. Like I don't know how to get the full advantage out of this. Like I, I think that's kind of the more – Pragmatic look at at it. Most people are going to assume that I just like. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm pretty self-deprecating, and I I, I assume most times that I'm just being an absolute idiot, and or that I'm just ignorant and have no idea of like what extra feet. Like there's,
0: <laughs> I got. I, there's I know there's plenty of things I'm <laughs> ignorant about. Like, the asshole in my head head was like, yeah, Tyler, you're an idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll objectively say I've said idiotic things. I can be ignorant, like I. It's it's something I'm. I definitely have the capacity for. I mean, I don't necessarily like embrace we, we it. We all and, like, have the capacity to be for
0: ignorant. stupidity beyond all measure. Like every single <laughs> one of us has done something really stupid. Um, just the, the last point on this is that and i think you were you were talking about something like this just a minute ago is that and, and what i took from it is like people who are coming from windows are conditioned they're brainwashed if you will for the lack the, for no choice like on windows you have no choice you and it's because whether it's because people don't want choices or because microsoft doesn't want to provide choices it doesn't matter what that argument is on Windows, you use Windows exactly the way everyone else uses Windows. Um, there's a start menu at the center now. You know, there's some icons there. Maybe you have some different icons because you learned how to pin something. Ooh, bully for you. You're a computer user now, you know. Uh, <laughs> and you open up Chrome and you feed your porn. Uh, that's the way Windows works. Everyone uses Windows exactly the same way. On Linux, you because you've been conditioned to be that kind of computer user where you just use your computer however it is the computer maker has chosen you use it yeah, the way
1: it's intended right to.
0: you just assume that that's the exact same thing on linux where you download ubuntu this is how they want it therefore that's the way you use it you know um and that that's the way most people are conditioned they don't have the curiosity that the other enthusiasts among us have of exploring other things right um whether, again, that's because they don't want that, entusi- that, that uh, enthusiasm for cu- and curiosity or because they've been conditioned not to look for it, uh, it is another conversation altogether. But the most people who come from Windows don't expect to be able to change their theme to whatever. They don't expect to download a new file manager because everybody just uses Windows Explorer no matter how terrible it is. You know, it's just... Mm-hmm. And if this is what, you know, Ubuntu has given us, they've given us Nautilus, which is arguably the worst file manager, you know, um, no, I mean, nobody cares because it does it show me the files. Yeah, it shows you the files. Yep. What else do I really need from a file manager? Now, Matt's sitting over there in his chair. like, fuck y'all. You need to use Crusader, you know, <laughs> because it has still not it. all of these amazing features and you're missing out.
1: Um, most people turns out not like me. Well, and, and also too, a majority of people, like there's a, there's a reason why when you go into the grocery store, there's not 24 different types of peanut butter. Um, there's actually a lot of studies that have gone into studying the way people react to a massive amount of choice. And for a majority of people, a lot of choice is paralyzing. You, you don't know what to do. Like there's actually been quite a few studies that people will purchase more things in a grocery, in a grocery store when there is a less choice, which is like, it seems counterintuitive. You would think if there's more choice, you're going to sell more stuff because there's more likelihood that someone's going to find what they want there. But for the majority of people, when you want peanut butter, I, I mean, look, I, I'm that type of person. Crunchy and creamy. I, I think creamy. most of us are. And that's all you need. Exactly. Right? You, you you have your opinion on what you like, and that's, like, you stick to it. For a majority of people, when they want peanut butter, they just don't care. Like, peanut butter's peanut butter. Whether it's crunchy or whatever, it's just peanut butter. I'll grab whatever the store's got. Like, it's it again, it's peanut butter. And I feel like that's, well, statistically
0: speaking, that's most people. When there's too and, much choice, what they look for, then, is not quality
1: or whatever, it's like that. Yeah. That one's on sale. Well, it's paralyzing. Like it, if you don't care what peanut butter you get, but you just will grab anything that's there and you're given a lot of choice, then that person who doesn't care starts to take more time to decide. Cause then, I mean, you don't care, but you got like 50 different choices. Like, I mean, they're all about the same price. Like, well, well, Shit. Um, I don't know. Do I like that one more, or would I like <laughs> this one more? A, a decision that creeps up that would have never crept up before. You would have just grabbed, you know, one of the two or three versions of peanut butter and just walked away. Whatever one
0: you bought before, or whichever one is cheapest.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or like whichever one the dude in front of you just picked up off the shelf. You're like, okay, well, I mean, he likes it. I'm, you know, whatever. But when everyone's standing there, like, you know, with fifty different peanut butter jars in front of them. Oh, like, we've mm, all dear. been behind that. Person in the grocery oh store
0: who has to yes. read every single label uh, mm-hmm. on wh- whatever there is they're buying. And it's, it doesn't matter what it is they're buying. It's every single label, whether they're looking at the nutritional facts or the ingredients or they're reading this, the kid's story on the background. Maybe they're doing the little puzzle, like, on the back of the cereal box, you know? <laughs> like, there's that guy. There's that person. like, And you'll 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 encounter them. And, like, all – like. Bitch, move. I just want to get my Wheaties, okay? Like, 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 move off the Captain Crunch and let me get some.
1: (laughs) Okay, now that you've said that, now I would give so much money just to hear what's the conversations that go on in your head while you're shopping at a grocery store. Man, you don't (laughs) want to know. So, I'm an
0: asshole. In person, Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a certified asshole for most of the time. The guy in my head is ten times worse, okay? I, I have a filter. Like, everyone says, oh, Matt, you have no filter. Oh, <laughs> yes, I do. Just, you think what I say is bad. You didn't want to know what I think. Okay. All right. We have got to move on. We've been recording now for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> and streaming for almost an hour and 40. So, we need to move on. So, t- Tyler, every single week, we come up with things that we uh that are things and we call them
1: mm-hmm. thingies so tyler your thingy of the week my thingy is uh Kvantum, which uh is a I, be- I believe it's a just general qt theming tool kde it's made for K- kde um, for theming kde applications it's an SVG um, theming tool. I, I really, in all honesty, I'm not an expert in it at all. All I can tell you is that it works on OpenBSD. Um, by the way, if if anyone is on OpenBSD or, like, you know, on I, I assume this would work on other BSDs as well, just know for Covantum, you you have to search and find there is an issue um, on Covantum, that's specific to OpenBSD. It talks about it, um, it not installing. And that, that post actually has the proper QMake command to build Covantum um, on OpenBSD. So it does work on multiple different platforms. It's not just a Linux tool. It's available elsewhere and will work. But Cavantum is pretty much the only way that I've gotten or I've been able to theme Caden uh, Caden Live, which is a, just an absolute beaut. I'm um, I'm so happy that I'm no longer just burning my retinas at like two in two in the morning, like finishing up editing a video, and by the time I'm done, like my eyes feel like they're just bleeding. Yeah. So that's nice. And I I, I know that for some people, they're like he's exaggerating. You know, it's not that bad. It's, you look, use Solarized, so I don't understand which problem is.
0: I'm,
1: yeah. I'm just am com- look. Look, I- <laughs> look. Okay. I get your point. I get your point. I'm just saying, personally, it feels like my eyes are getting burned out when I'm when I'm editing right. in K. Now y. you know how I, I, really I felt. Light all light those light streams
0: here. where you're using Solarized, Sorry.
1: Uh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know today I'm going to do the video uh, showing off my um, Dracula Rice here. So there's no longer Solarized on the system. Your retinas will be fine, even though I don't understand how Solarize is burning out your retinas. But it's it's okay. Oh, totally it's, so bad. it's Not good. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: Kvantum is is fantastic. Uh, theming cute apps on in a window manager where like outside of Plasma, not a great experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some of them no. Kvantum works great, right? Some of them you have to use the Qt5ct thing. Uh, and yep. that Qt5ct thing does not work at least on Linux without a, an environment variable set to you know do it right. Same on OpenBSD. Right. Yep. And uh, finding that documentation which says that is really freaking hard for
1: some reason, right? Like, yeah. Well, I I will say one thing. I don't I don't know if this is like a new thing for Qt5ct because again, I have not been a really I haven't really used QT five CT un, until recently, Fucking name. but they do give you <laughs> e- exactly. It, it just rolls off the tongue. But anyway, that little program does like it. Now it does tell you like when you open it up, it tells you that it's not set up correctly. Oh, yeah, and you, I, it, uh, when you press on info, it'll tell you that that's
0: fairly new. Um, I think, cause it didn't use oh, to, okay. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's theming cute apps on oh, like a window manager. Not great. Um, but, you yeah. when when once you figure it out, it's not horrible, but trying to uh, like it, it's not like you download LX appearance and it just works, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, my thing of the week is uh, something that I had to download out of necessity because for months now, the color picker in GIMP has not worked for me. And Uh it doesn't seem to be uh, anything to do with Arco, because I had the exact same problem on MX Linux. I had the same problem on uh, (laughs) Gentoo. It just didn't, for whatever reason, I click on the color pick part in the the color chooser thing, and you get that little, like, uh, eyedropper thing, right, in order to choose the color picker right uh that doesn't work it just doesn't come up for me it doesn't matter what like i said what distro it is so i had to find an external color picker in order to actually match some colors and the one that i found that actually works is gpick now i've used gpick pick in the past and it is the most complicated piece of garbage you've ever used but i'm recommending it anyways uh it, and it's because i finally figured out how to use it and there's no real good t- t- like documentation on how to use it or something like that, it, but you click select the color once you've opened it up, and it will give you the eyedropper thing, and you can go around any of your screens to find the color, right? And it will show you like in the the application like the hex codes and all the stuff that you would normally have, but once you like select the color, all that stuff goes away. <laughs> like it's st- like you can't <laughs> see the stuff. But I found out the secret: if you right click on the color you want to choose. It will go, give you a context menu with all of those codes. You can click then on the codes and it will copy to the clipboard. Oh, and, then you nice. can, okay. then, and then you can copy into GIMP just the normal way or whatever, configuration file, or whatever. Uh, why that is so hard, I don't know, but it, it does actually work. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, I, I'm recommending a program that I've bitched at many times in the past. Uh, but now that I know how to use it, it's fine. It does what it does. It does what it needs to that do. That
1: is the best sales pitch for a piece of software I have ever heard. It's the most convoluted piece of shit I've ever used, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's great. All right, so that is it for us this week.
0: Uh, coming up uh, next week, I actually don't know. Um, I've got to do an LS here and find out what we coming up. So next week we're gonna be. Yeah. We're gonna. So this was. I need you, to fill out my stuff. So this was yours today. So next, I need to add more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So next, next, uh, next week we're going to be talking about electron, good or evil. Um. Ooh. Should be fun. I, I think we're both gonna come down on God, it's evil. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Anyways, before we go, we should take a moment to thank my current patrons. You can support me on Patreon, Patreon.com/LinuxCast. My current patrons are Robert, Sid, Devon, Patrick, Fred, Kramer and Jackson, Megan Tools, Steve Ace, Separate Linux, Garrett, Samuel, KB, TGB, Key, Keith, Andy, Mitchell, J Dog, Carbon Data, Jamie, Sean, Odin, Marnie, Ross, Eduardo, Art Center, Merrick, Camp, Joshua Lee, Peter A. Crucible, Dark, Vanity, Prime, CPM. Uh, we record this live every Thursday around 3 o'clock PM Eastern Time. Usually we don't go for this long, but we had some really good spirited discussions today, so we plowed through for a whole hour and a half. Uh, Anyways, uh you can join us live every Thursday around that time on youtube.com slash Linuxcast. We will see you next week.
1: Oi.